Come gather ye friends round your driftwood fires and listen to tales of daring, horror and high adventure from the highest of the high seas. Set aside your frugal saving plan and high yield ISA and listen instead to the ultimate get rich quick scheme. When we want money, listener, we must go cap in hand to Tombo. Please, Tombo, I need new vests. Please, Tombo, I need a bubbly treasure chest for me fish tank. Please, Tombo, I need more glue for space marines, obviously. I've told you silly twits before, no sweet Tombo coin until this podcast turns a profit, right? So that's us, robbing another post office. Bagsy not wearing the stocking! Bagsy getaway driver! But you failed your driving test, Uncle Bob Bob. Oh. Oh. Oh, yes. I'm sure you did your best. Yes. Yes. I remember. Change your mind! Change your mind! Anyway, it's this kind of thinking that gets people into crime. When people aren't prepared to do the work. When people aren't prepared to try and sell their listeners shaving accessories and other tat on their podcasts. Or don't check their mirrors enough. It's the sort of thinking that leads to... The Silly History Boys Shoe! And the second rum-sodden instalment of the tale of Henry Avery. When we last saw our intrepid pirate band, they were heading along the coast of Africa to mug the Emperor of India on his way home from Sunday service. Morning, Lookout. No, actually, sir, I'm in quite a good mood. Stop that. Sorry, sir. They don't call this stretch of water the Strait of Tears for no reason, you know. So I want you to be extra vigilant. Yes, sir. And if you do see anything, we will not be doing a sale in April. What are they trying to sell us now, gag? No, sir. Of course not, sir. Of all the tired gags, that one is particularly tired. Uh, oh, 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 what if I were to shout something like, Oh, ship! If six pirate ships flying the black flag and brewing with heavily armed sea rats uh, were to hove into view? Well, that's not as good, but... Oh, ship! What does it look out? Is it six pirate ships flying the black flag and brimming with heavily armed sea rats hoving into view? Yes, sir! Yes, sir! It's exactly that, sir! Oh, ship. From out of the hidden cove come the pirate fleet. Their sails full and their cannon primed. As the alarm spread through the mogul ships, sails were unfurled and the Indian ships scattered in all directions. Despite outnumbering the pirates, the Indian sailors knew their small ships were fast enough to escape. And their big ships, the ships that held most of the treasure, could look after themselves. The treasure ships brimmed with massive cannons, bigger than any guns in the pirate fleet. And their tops were filled with fierce warriors from all over the Mughal Empire, armed with razor-sharp tulwars and lethally accurate Giselle rifles. And it was to the two biggest ships that Captain Avery turned his attention. Helm up! 
to starboard. There, boys. There lies our prize. The big one, sir. Hurry, Chris. Aye, aye, Captain. With the rest of the Mughal ships fleeing in all directions, the pirate fleet zeroed in on two of the biggest. These were the hefty 600 tons of the Theta Muhammad and the absolute sea monster of a leviathan, the 1,600-ton Ganjaswai. Both brimming with gold, but also cannons and sharp things. Cannon that now turned towards the six little ships of Avery's fleet. Gun crews, make ready! Loaded, sir. We shall teach these infidel jerks to mess with the Mughal Empire. Gunner, shoot their tops off. Shoot their what's off, sir? The tops of their sails, you lewd fellow, you. Oh, you. Right, lads. Get their tops off. Fire! The massive Mughal cannons opened up, spewing red-hot death across the glittering sea. Firing high, the hissing shots tear at the sails and rigging of the pirate band. Sending a deadly rain of wreckage onto their decks. Oh, look out! A sail! A sail in all Getting hit with a sail and a mast on the head from a great height hurt. My dough, sweet oh, mercy! Oh, the pain! Oh, that mast ah, is quaker! Ah, ah. I've got a big splinter of wood in me! It also slowed the pirates down. The little fleet, outgunned as it was, now began to break up into who could and who couldn't keep up with the mogul ships. And the closer they got to those great big guns, the more danger they were in. The greatest pirate raid of all was starting to look like a very bad idea. Hands! Hands to the yards! Bring in those topsails, boys! Won't that slow us down, sir? Is that wise, sir? Everyone's getting their sails shot a bit as it is. Don't question my orders, you lubbery shower. We shall save our sails and wait for the right moment. Sorry, sir. Sorry, Captain. Avery! Salutations, Captain Tew. What are you bringing the sailing for? We need to keep up. The wind is with our quarry, sir. I am looking for an opening. An opening? Bums to your opening, sir. This was your fool idea, you custom-colored coward. Don't you dare tell me I'm a pirate, sir. And how dare you say bum to me? Sweaty bums to you, sir. I shall show you how to pirate. I shall cross this Indian ship's tea for him and keep the gold for my own. Mike Sile. Well, we'd best get off for him, sir, if they're going to be keeping all that lovely money for themselves. Fear not, Mr. Perry. Three points to port now. Keep us in the wake of the good Captain too. He'll get there first, Captain! I got Space Marines to pre-order! He shall, Mr. Perry. In fact, I'm counting on it. Counting on it indeed. Uncle Bob-Bob? Yes, dear Uncle Bilbo. I notice, with a familiar feeling of dread, that you mentioned crossing the T. I assume this is some outdated naval expression that no one has heard of. 
that will now waste valuable time explaining? It sure is. Oh, great. Uh, please, please get on with it. Gladly. Now, in the age of sail, boys and girls, ships fired all their cannons at once down one side at the same time, which is called a broadside. Yes, everyone knows. It was in Blackbeard and it's pretty obvious. That meant that warships tended to be strong on the sides with the cannons on, but weak at the front and at the back. I can sympathise with that, listener. One of my ends had an argument with a ladder this summer and... Never mind your bottom, Bilbo. It's history time now. Oh, God, if you must. I was badly hurt, listener, but I'm okay now. If you were a clever sailor, you would, of course, know this. So, in a sea battle, some ships would try and sail past the big broadside of an enemy ship and shoot at the weaker front and back. So that's crossing the T, then? It is. It's very useful if your enemy happens to be more than twice your size with more cannons. And this is what Captain Tew, one of Avery's rival captains, is going to try on the smaller of the mogul ships, the Theta Mohammed. Basically, the mogul ships are sailing in an S-shape, away from the pirates. When their broadsides come into range, they fire and continue in that S-shape. So, Captain Chu is going to sail straight forward and try and time it exactly right so that he can cross the T at the exact correct moment. All right now, Uncle Bob-Bob, that's enough dry 17th century naval tactics in a show for children. The question is, will it work? Is Captain Chu known as King of the Pirates? Ah, I see. This is going to be messy, isn't it? Oh, my, yes. Faster, ye dogs. Give me all the sail you can. Aye, aye sir. sir. Boarding parties to your stations. Oh, I say, sir. Aye, sir. Timing is all, lads. We shall come up on his stern and then crack open this piggy bank. Captain, sir! Captain, sir! Those sea rats are going to come up on our stern! Aren't they cute? Now for some sexy sailing. This pirate is going to get his just desserts for crossing our tea. As the ragged pirate fleet loses ground on their prizes, the ship of Captain Tew races forward to intercept the Feta Mohammed. The fancy hangs back, but follows, keeping Captain Tew's ship between themselves and the Mughal guns. The cannons boom and the waves crash, and Captain Tew has got his timing ever so slightly wrong. Almost there. Keep going, boys. I can feel the early retirement. Bring us about. Oh. Oh, pants. Instead of keeping the same course and getting its bottom blown up, the Theta Mohammed turns and then pumps a massive broadside into the side of the pirate vessel. From its top sails, the Indian soldiers begin shooting the ever-living flip out of Captain Tew's boarding parties. Ah! 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 
get on board, we can fight them man to man. It's this or the postcode lottery. Bravely, the pirates surge forward to board the Mughal ship, but the storm of musketry is too much. And dozens of them give a Wilhelm scream and fall in the water like in the films. <laughs> It is a massacre. And it's just what Henry Avery has been waiting for. Answer the yards! Let fly the sheets! Hurry, Chris! Bring us alongside the gallant Captain Tew. Have you just Operation Human Shielded, Captain Tew? <laughs> Bless you, Chris! I told you, I was merely waiting for an opening. Now the fancy runs alongside the Amity. Which is stuck fast to the Theta Muhammad, meaning its cannons cannot hit the fancy. Giving Avery and the fancy crew a clear run at the treasure ship. Gotta loose! We must blow this popsicle stand quickly and off to the open sea. With me! Pistols and cutlasses, boys! Onwards to choose tub, over and on to fortune! Yar! 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 Thus ensues an almighty salty dust-up on the deck of the treasure ship. This has it all, listener. Swords clash, pistols bang, there's shoving, pinching, and biting. The deck is slick with blood. And of course, people fall in the water. But eventually, after much stabbing and hyaring, the pirates overcome the Mughal crew and begin hunting for booty. Yeah! Booty! Where's the gold then? Yeah! Scrambling through the ship with pound signs in their eyes, even as the gore drips through from the deck above. Until, at last. Here, lads! This looks like a big, important door. Break it down. Long Tom needs a new pair of crocs. Ooh. Oh my! Money! So much money! Oh, rolling in the green! I can finally finish the house! Oh my goodness, we're rich! Rich! We're rich! Rich! And so they were. Gold, silver, and jewels of all descriptions were flung about as the pirates went full Scrooge McDuck in the hole of the Theta Muhammad. Avery and his crew were rich beyond their wildest dreams. It was not enough. Stand to on deck. But the money, Captain! Jump change, lads. We've bigger fish to fry. The pirates set a guard on the Feta Mohammed. And then the fancy makes sail once more. Hurrying to catch up with the real prize. The massive Mughal flagship, the Ganja Swahi. Yet as they made after the treasure ship, it became very clear to Avery and his crew 
but it would not be easy. The sea was carnage. It was like the under fives family swim at the Morway's Leisure Centre in Derby, only with fewer corpses. Bodies and wreckage choked the foaming sea. Avery's small fleet had been blown to splinters by the massive Mughal guns. And seeing that the fancy was now all alone, the massive Mughal ship began to turn back toward the pirates. Excellent. Them dogs are coming to us. But sir, they're bigger than us. Much bigger. Maybe money isn't everything, Captain. Hey, after all, you can't put a price on so many things. For example, friendship. Sunsets, Captain. Not getting shot. It's better to live an hour as a tiger than a lifetime as a worm, boys. Now, run out the guns. The sea seems oddly quiet. Only the whip of the wind is heard as the two ships circle one another like boxes. Big flappy boxes with sails. The pirate gunners shoot well. Their aimed shots smash into the mighty Indian. But it's not enough. The cannonballs crack off the hull and plop embarrassed into the sea. The Ganjaswe's timbers are too thick, and the Fancy's guns too small. The Indiaman belches fire from its king-sized cannons. Flaying the Fancy with hot, howling iron. Planks, splinter, rigging, rips, the sailors explode into jam. Stand fast, lads! Stand fast! Stay out of our league, sir! Why that lass in Plymouth? That looks like Taylor Swift. We must run for it, sir. She'll be the death of us all. Shake it off now, boys. Keep your heads down till she's close, and then we'll give her the kitchen sink at point blank. The powder smoke swirls as the Indianman spirals closer to the Fancy. The pirates of the Fancy are punched out. Dead in the water, the monster Ganjaswai comes in close to deliver its Death Star broadside. Prepare to fire! And Avery plays his last card. Fire! By incredible luck, the Fancy's dying broadside rips through the Indianman's main mast which goes crashing down through the decks. And then, a spawny spark lights the Mughal flagship's massive powder store and... It goes full Death Star. That were lucky. That were very lucky. We're... are we? We are. We're rich. We're so rich. Yeah! <laughs> The value of the treasure taken from the Feta Muhammad and the Ganja Swahi is estimated at £700,000 in history. That is roughly $100 million, or £85 million in today's money. Well, maybe not on the day this was written. Cheers, Liz. Trust, it's a political joke. It is the greatest pirate hall ever recorded. That is... that is a long. It sure is. I mean, I suppose that's divided between 500-odd pirates. Well, actually, no. Somehow, the, um, trustworthy Henry Avery persuaded the rest of the pirate fleet that he would look after the money. And for some reason, they believed him. So long, suckers! They must have been cross. 
they weren't the only ones. For when the badly damaged Ganjaswahi limped into a harbour in India, and the news of the robbery and the disgraceful treatment of the passengers, which we left out because it's really not very funny at all, reached the ears of the Grand Mughal of India. He was very cross indeed. And he summoned representatives of the British East India Company to explain the actions of their countrymen. I say, sir, this palace is jolly imposing and scary. I hope the Grand Mughal doesn't blame us personally. It'll be fine, Captain. Just because the pirates who robbed him were British doesn't mean he'll hate all British people. Does it? Stop simpering, you two. Just act like we'll one day own the place, which we will. Sorry, sir. Announcing the scumbag representatives of the scumbag Isle of Britain and all the thieving scumbags that live there. Oh, good. It sounds like we'll have a fair crack at the whip here, then. This way to His Excellency, scumbags, and do keep your thieving scumbag hands to your scumbag selves. Oh, thank you. Um, sorry. Ah, oh, thank you. Th uh, th uh, thank you, sorry. Remember. Like we own the place. Sorry, Sorry sir. sir. Approach the throne of His Excellency, the Grand Mogul, Emperor of all India. Oh, hi, Your Excellency. Uh, your palace uh, reminds me of Centre Parks, but warmer. Uh, be better than Centre Parks, or almost. No bikes, you see, but otherwise really smashing. Silence, you vermin! On your knees! You shall answer! For the insults and indignity you have heaped upon my people. We are British, sir. We do not apologize. Really? May I remind you that I am a frothing 17th century despot? Oh, uh, yes. And that I have access to vast dungeons of the most pointy and stabby machines of torture in the world! Oh, oh, yeah. And that I can also stop all trade to Britain until I receive justice. Oh, knickers. It wasn't ours, Grand Moomin. It was a chap called Henry Avery. Then, until I am using this Henry Avery's flayed skull as a beanbag, I shall be taking my anger out on you, you muggy shower of histories. Now, you will all clean my palace with your tongues while I slap you on the bums with this jeweled crock. Now come here! Oh no! Oh no! Take that! And that! And that! The East India Company paid full damages to the moguls, and it cost them a fortune. Meanwhile, Henry Avery and his crew had hightailed it to the other side of the world. And we joined them again in a familiar place. Nassau Port on the Caribbean island of New Providence. Or the naughty nautical pirate paradise from Blackbeard Part 1. Go listen to it, listener. Oh, and Part 2 as well. Go on. We'll wait. Gentlemen, allow me to speak from the heart. You are as fine a crew as any captain could ever ask for. Together, we have many a sea mile in our salty pegs. And we have stood as a crew and endured all manner of archer. And now we have weighing down our pockets. Just reward for the suffering that we have all endured. This reward is so heavy, me trousers feel like they're falling down. Mine actually are. 
Who cares, Captain? We're rich! I shall never pull my trousers up again! Alas, Mr. Perry, even you would be sore pressed to run with your trousers round your ankles. Rich people don't have to run, sir. Perhaps not, Mr. Perry, but we do. We all need to run. What? what? We rob the Emperor of India, lads. Our pilfering shall now be the cause of the largest international manhunt in history. For me, and also for you. What? We must now go our separate ways. And henceforth, you must change your name and appearance and swear to never again make contact with your shipmates or loved ones ever again. Oh! If you are taken by our enemies and subjected to heinous tortures to betray your friends, then I remind you that the code impresses upon you silence. In spite of the terrible agonies you will almost certainly be subject to. Right. Captain, do you not think you ought to have mentioned this sooner? I wouldn't stand round Gavin too long, lads. I wish you good fortune. Oh, oh knickers. knickers. In 1696, Avery and his crew were branded Hostis Humani Generis, which means enemies of the human race. The British government and the East India Company placed massive bounties on the heads of the fancy's crew. The biggest was on Henry Avery's head. A thousand pounds in history money was the reward for his capture. And soon men in big boots were kicking down doors right across the world, looking for the crew of the fancy. Open up! Open up in the name of the king! Um, I'm in the shower. Can you come back later? You're nicked, pirate scum! But I'm still all soapy. Oh. Open up! Open up, you pirate filth! Open up, you know you will I must be me buying a grove box up from Amazon. <laughs> Hello? You nicked, you little mug. Oh, oh no, PJ! Open up! Open up in the name of the king! It's all right. We're happy with our broadband, thank you. Oh, broad, you old bad pirate. That doesn't sound good. I will make any sense out here. Ah! Open up, you pirate scum! Open up in the name of the king! Uh, I'm not in! Who's not in? Chris the pirate! Oh, no! Right, grab him, lads! No, please, this fit bod won't take an hanging! The only way to avoid the noose, my pretty boy, is to tell us where your captain is. Oh, oh you want Captain Avery, do you? Well, there's a thousand pounds and a pardon for information leading to his capture. I see. Well, in that case... Answer me this. Do you think I look 40? <laughs> I'll never give up a shipmate. Uh, rough him up. Rough him up a lot. The net drew tighter as more and more of the fancy's crew were rounded up. Until one day. Henry Avery, open up. Open up in the name of the king. Open this door, you pirate dog. We'll teach you to get rich while we scrape by on our terrible hired government goon salary. We are poorer than actors. Hang on, it's not that bad. Anyway, kick the door in. Let's get him. You are nicked, pirate scum. But Henry Avery was nowhere to be found. And at last we come to the reason why Avery is known as the King. He made the most money 
and he lived to spend it. He got away with it. Despite all the bounties, threats, offers of pardon to those who might turn him in, and the manhunt for him, he was never caught. Unfortunately, though, a lot of his mates were. And this is only unfortunately in our version. As we have mentioned, in the real version, all the pirates deserved exactly what they got. Oh dear, this rope's ever so itchy. And tight. Why do hangman's nooses have to be so tight? Oh, I can't stand all this hanging around. And if you look right, you'll see the famous execution dock here in the Docklands of London. Oh, and for a treat, some naughty pirates about to get hanged. <laughs> Camera's ready, folks. Don't miss a picture of the Dangle Dance. <laughs> So you cannot bring an Indian Jezail rifle on a sightseeing tour? I'll pay the fine, miss. It might not be historically accurate, but there's a code to keep too. Gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. Oh, Hang in there, lads! Yeah! And there, the tale of the Pirate King must end. I'm not even going to ask if Avery did rescue his crew from the gallows. I know the answer. Do you? I think so. Did... did he? No. Curse you, Uncle Papa! But enough of this story is true. True enough to count as a history one, rather than a miftery one. So what happened to Avery, then? In short, no one knows. He literally disappears. Presumably, with all that lovely money. I could get on board with that. You would never see me again. And no one did. But he did inspire a whole generation of British pirates, almost all of which ended up dead trying to copy Henry Avery. So crime doesn't pay. Or it pays once and sets you for life. Seems that way. Should we go and steal some lottery tickets? Oh yeah, let's do it. Yeah, please. Not before we finish another exciting episode of The Silly History Boys Show. And for all that hanging and banging of cannons. And the gratuitous use of the word YAR! Is it a word or is it just a noise? We are, as always, sorry! sorry. Oh god. Episode 57, Avery Sea Dog Has Its Day, Henry Avery the Pirate Part 2, was written, produced and performed by the Silly History Boys. The parts of Henry Avery, Sailor Jerry, a mogul crewman and the sinister navy man were taken out for a seafood dinner and stiffed with the bill by your dear Uncle Bob Bob, Rob Bond. The Grand Mogul, Seaman Perry and various pirate hunters were taken below decks and taught the true meaning of hard work by Stu the Pear Bear Perry. Chris the Pirate, the Mogul Captain, a Navy twit, and various pirate hunters were towed behind the ship so the crew could eat like that bit in Waterworld by Will Uncle Bilbo Tristram. Captain Tew, Long Tom the Pirate, and a Navy twit sat tight-fistedly on their gold like a dragon who's really into nautical-themed episodes with the help of Tom Tombo Furman. A barrel of limes for those sailors at Zap Splat for sound effects and music. A blind eye turned on Shawley for Scott Buckley for the use of his track Legionnaire. A year's use of Uncle Bob Bob as his living shipmate is in store for Danny Bradley for his arrangement of the pirate song Health to the Company. A chest of ill-gotten booty is going to the rock accordion trio for their super fun version of Black Dog. Flap your sails in appreciation of Lord Fastfingers and his intro music. And finally, fiddling away, he should be on a list. A thank you card list. A big cheers to Kofi Young for his shanty. 
Check us out on the socials, Facebook at Silly History Boys and Twitter, SHB underscore show. Thank you all for listening to yet another pirate-themed nautical episode. We hope you had fun. We did with all the booms, bangs, crash, smashes and gears. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for something equally as explosive. It's the thought of thinking that leads to... It's the... It's the... It's the... It's the sort. Wow, that's really hard. It's the... Wow. 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 This is the sort of thinking that leads to... Man, this is... It's the... It's the sort of... It's the... It's the sort of thinking that leads to... It's the sort... Sort. It's the sort of thinking that leads to... It's the... Oh my goodness! Oh!